In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles with me this morning, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, and then we're also going to be in Philippians uh, chapter 1 and chapter 3, so you can just kind of mark those. Uh, We are on a journey the last several weeks talking about when the kingdom comes. And the idea is what happens when the kingdom of God comes to a community. And we have talked about uh, how there was a kingdom of darkness and light stepped into darkness and shone in the darkness. We talked about that kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. We've talked about how the king stepped down and took authority over uh, Satan and sin and death. And if you haven't heard any of those, listen to those on our website or online. And then we talked about what really the kingdom of God was, that it was the the reign and the authority, the position of power of Jesus. And it was his realm, the very tangible presence of the kingdom on earth. And then it's also the, the royalty, the people of God are the kingdom of God as well. And so uh, I, I hope that you'll dig into that with us because this morning we're going to talk a little bit more uh, the next today and the next week. You don't want to miss next week either uh, about the people of God. And what does it mean to be the royalty of the kingdom of God? What does it mean to be the people of the kingdom of God? But really, what happens when heaven comes to a community, when the kingdom comes to a community? You know, we see in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus shows up. He says, repent, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is here right now. And demons are cast out, and the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, and this great move of, of, of the presence of God is, is advancing into the darkness. And people begin to come began to become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Uh, my passport this morning, I brought, I'm not going to show you guys the picture because it's horrible, but uh, my passport this morning, I've been uh, privileged to go on many missions trips uh, and, and go overseas a little bit. And uh, I'll tell you a little story about one time Beth and I went on a mission trip to Jamaica. We went to Kingston, Jamaica to, to go to an orphanage and stay for a couple of weeks and work with the kids and, and bless them. And then we also did a prayer walk in downtown uh, Port, uh, Kingston, Jamaica, where Bob Marley was raised and, you know, a lot of Rastafarians and, and, and uh, they don't always like Americans so much. Uh, so we went to there and it was a pretty intense trip and it was pretty awesome. God moved. Well, anyway, we're on the way back. And so we come back into the States. We get into Miami International Airport. So uh, we're, uh, I'm on voluntary staff with Chi Alpha Campus Ministries, and we've got a team of about 20 kids. And so we're taking up the back to make sure all these kids, I mean, this is a huge. Anybody ever been to Miami International Airport? A few of you. Okay. It's huge. I mean, huge. There's like trams to get to different places and tons of people. And uh, you got 20 kids that have never been out of the country before. It's kind of scary sometimes. So uh, we don't want to lose one. Mom and dad wouldn't like that so much, right? And so we're responsible. We stay in the back. We're watching the kids. Well... Turns out they didn't have to worry about the kids. They had to worry about Heath Harris because Beth and I get up to the customs window. And I don't know if you've ever been to U.S. Customs before, but it's kind of intimidating. Even if you know you are a citizen, you think, uh, maybe I am hiding something. I don't know it. You know, like you, you kind of have that pressure, you know, like he's looking at you like I have the power right now to let you in this country or not, you know, and you're hoping that nothing goes wrong. Well, something went wrong. So I get there. He takes my passport, scans it in. And uh, Beth's okay. Beth goes. I think Beth, you went in front of you were in front of me though. You, yours was fine. And so, and he looks at me and he's like, 
looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up. And he looks at the guard over there. He says, over here, this other U.S. Border Patrol guy with a gun on him and a badge and big guy comes over there. And he says, just go with him. And there was no talk. He took he didn't even give me my passport. He gave my passport to the guard. He says, you go with him. And so they just took us and escorted us off the line into a back room where nobody knew where we were. Our whole team was going. And so we're like, oh, Lord, mercy. Our flight was about to connect. And so we go to this door and there's no door handle. It slides open. We walk in and it slides shut right behind us. And we're thinking, oh, my Lord, what in the world is going on? And we're in this room with all kind of immigrants. We are the only white English speaking people in the entire room. And they say, please sit down. Do not stand up. Do not go talk to the guy. Don't say a word. Just sit there. And so the signs are all saying, do not sit up. Do not approach the bench. Do not talk to the guards. You just sit there quietly to yourself. Uh, And our luggage is going on the other plane. Our other team is boarding and we're stuck on. And this is not U.S. soil yet. And so we get there and we wait. I don't know how many minutes we wait. Uh, 15 minutes, at least 30 minutes. Uh, and nothing, no answers, no nothing. And finally they say, Mr. Harris, and I go up to the desk and I'm about to plead. Lord, I I am an American citizen. You can just trust me. I'm supposed to be here. You know, I just want to explain anything. And he says, sir, there was a problem with your passport. Uh, there was another Michael Harris on the plane and your yours got flagged as a, as a questionable character, blah, blah, blah. I guess that's what I look like anyway. And he says, uh, we fixed it. It never happened again. The door opens. We leave and bust out of there, run to our team. (laughs) It looked like a terrorist, I guess. So that was my experience, almost not getting into the country that I am a citizen of. But in that moment, in that moment, even though I had my passport, my citizenship was in question. And uh, you begin to wonder, what rights do I really have now? Am I going to go to Guantanamo Bay or, or, you know, what's going to happen here? Uh, What privileges, all the privileges I had to a right of appeal or a process or all that just went out the window if I'm not an American citizen anymore. Uh, and, And who could come save me? They wouldn't let anybody in. And I couldn't get in. I couldn't call. There was no cell phones in the room. I couldn't call my team. They couldn't call me. Couldn't call mom and dad saying, hey, I'm stuck outside the United States of America. Please help me. Nothing. There's a. The Bible says that we are part of the kingdom of heaven. And I entered this country because my name was written down as a U.S. citizen. And today I want to inspire you to think of your Christianity as one that's not just a religion or a denomination or a worship service or a service time or anything like that, but as one who has access and rights into the realm of the presence of God into the kingdom of heaven. And with that comes rights and responsibilities. But I'm going to tell you, there's also a fearful day when you don't have access if you don't have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. So you have your Bibles. Turn with me today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. What is a citizen, citizen of heaven? How do you become a citizen of heaven? What rights do you have what responsibilities do you have and how should you live as a citizen of heaven as one who's a part of the kingdom of God a citizen basically just means an inhabitant of a country it's a person who owes their allegiance to a country uh, or a state and it's a person who has uh, responsibilities and rights uh, in that country they're they're entitled to the government's protection I'm entitled to certain rights certain protections and I also have some responsibilities 
And a citizen uh, uh, can be a natural-born citizen or can be a person who's naturalized. We go through the process of becoming a citizen. Get your green card and all that. The Apostle Paul, he was a citizen in a place called Tarsus. We're kind of getting the context of Ephesians. He was a, a, a guy, a Roman citizen, and born in Tarsus. And he was, even though he was a Jew, he was born into a family that had the citizenship of Rome, which entitled him to certain rights. A citizen of Rome could have a due process. They could appeal to Caesar. They had certain things that they had privileges over. But in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul gives this understanding. He says, hey, Christ now, while you are citizens of this world and this country, Christ now has made all these different earthly kingdoms now into one. There was a diversity of citizenship. There was a diversity of rights and responsibilities and allegiances. But now God has broken down that middle wall between Jew and Gentile. Now there's just one kingdom of God. There's just one place to call home. And not only that, but God, there was a different realm of rights and responsibilities and citizenship between heaven and earth. And not only has God brought you and I together as one nation under God, now God has brought heaven down to earth and you and I now have access where we no longer had a right or citizenship in heaven. Now we can gain and go up to a place we're going to call home one day, our citizenship in heaven. So he's saying God brought down all this division, brought us all into one nation under God. And he's brought reconciliation and peace through his death on the cross. And now through this indwelling of the spirit. Chapter two, verse 19, he says, we are citizens with the saints, citizens with the saints. You know, we may be uh, a U.S. citizen, but if we know that God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians says, we are now citizens of heaven. And it's not just naturalized citizens. It's not natural-born citizens. Unfortunately for you and I, we never were born into... I never had a problem with my citizenship because I was born in Lake Village, Arkansas. And when I was born in that little small-town hospital, uh, they gave me a citizenship. I was born. I had a birthright. I had an had a, I had a, a entitlement to anything about the United States, right? But you and I, unfortunately, were not born in heaven. We had to be naturalized. We had to get our green card to go to heaven. We had to take something. Like, like, like a citizen today has to take the test and memorize uh, the Constitution and the presidents and know how to speak English and all this. That's called naturalized. And you and I, if we want to be a citizen of heaven, a place that we were not naturally born into, we were not naturally good, not naturally, we were born into sin, we've got to get naturalized. We've got to take that green card acceptance, uh, that, that process. And what's that process? The first one is we call it repentance. If you want to be accepted or adopted into heaven, uh, you've got to get your passport. And the first step on that passport is repentance. Jesus comes in Matthew chapter 5. He says, hey, guys, it's really blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's those who, who are hungering and thirsting for what God has up in heaven, His righteousness more than the things of this earth. So if you want to... Be a citizen of heaven. You've got to realize I'm, pov- I'm in poverty without God. I desire what he has more than anything I see in this earth. Like a camel has to go through the eye of a needle. That's how hard it is for a rich man, Jesus said. So i got to just hate the wealth of this world, hate the things of this world, and desire for more of heaven than I ever have in my life. And that turning from looking to this earth to satisfy to turning to heaven, that's called repentance. And so he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that are even willing to be persecuted for the sake of gaining that righteousness. Theirs is the kingdom. 
And so I'm saying, God, no matter what in my life, I desire you most of all. I desire your presence. I desire to get into heaven. I desire to be with you. The poor in spirit, hungering and thirsting. That's the first step to taking your test, to be getting your passport into heaven. The next is being born again by faith. He says, uh, he goes, uh, Jesus goes on in, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, that it's not through religion, but it's going to be by faith and through the Holy Spirit. He says, uh, unless you are converted, changed, transformed, and become like children, that faith, uh, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, likewise, John 3, 5, unless you're born again of water and the Spirit, you're not going to uh, enter into the kingdom of God. So if I want to get my passport, this is the first step, and we're going to move on. If I'm going to get my passport into heaven, it's saying, God, I'm changing citizenship. So many people want to have dual citizenship. They want to try to be an allegiance to this earth and also try to gain access into heaven. That's not the way God's rules work. To be a citizen of heaven, you forfeit your citizenship on earth. Somebody say amen. I leave, I repent, God, heaven is more valuable. The presence of God is more valuable than this place. I'm tired. I'm leaving my country for another country I've yet to see. Amen? And so I repent. I'm born again by faith. It is uh, through repentance and faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes into my life. We call it regeneration. It's this born again, alive with Christ experience. I get this new living relationship with God occurs on the inside of me. And that is like this passport thing. It's as if, even though I'm on this earth right now, I get the rights, I get the presence of God in my heart, in my life. And so I know that I'm a citizen. I know I'm a citizen. I have the presence of God activated in my life. And it says in uh, Matthew chapter 10, that if we confess Christ on the earth, He confesses our name in heaven. Even Revelation says uh, when Christians name, when our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, that citizenship is written. And now we get that passport. Now we have access for eternity into God's presence. That's something awesome. That's something awesome. But now what? You say, that's, that's kind of cool. That's neat. I've never heard it that way before. Now what, though? That's, that's, that's just the beginning. Because you just, okay, you've got it, but now what? If I gave you a passport, you lived in Mexico, and I said, hey, you're, you can be a U.S. citizen, you're living in Mexico. Here's your passport to get back home. Now what? How do you live your life? What, what, what's your rights? What's your responsibilities? And, and, and what happens from this moment on? There's more than this to the Christian life. There's some rights and responsibilities. I'm going to break these out real quick. Rights, responsibilities. Uh, uh, your, so this is your identity as a citizen of heaven. So we say your identity is a citizen of heaven, but you've got rights and you've got responsibilities. What are your rights? Like I said, in Rome, you could appeal uh, to Caesar. If you thought you were unjustly accused, you were right. If you were a citizen of Rome, many people lived in Rome. Let's say it this way. Many people lived in Rome, and Rome covered many countries. Okay, You kind of have to get this to get the kingdom. Rome covered many countries, and each country had their own unique laws. But underneath those laws, uh, above those laws, rather, was Rome's laws. And so I could be a citizen of Israel, a Jew, but also be a citizen of Rome, which was a higher power, okay, a higher nation, sovereign over Israel, okay? Paul was like that. Paul had his citizenship as a Jew, rights as a Jew, 
but he also had Roman rights, a greater rights that spanned the entire empire of the known world. And during that empire, even though he could get arrested in a small town or a small country, he could always appeal up to greater rights of Rome. Okay, so he may be beaten up here, but then they find out he's a citizen. They're like, oh, sorry, you're Rome. You're Roman. Okay, then they pull him up to a Roman court. Just like that, you have heavenly rights on this earth. Let's talk about that just for a second, okay? Uh, Today you've got rights in the United States, but what about the kingdom of heaven? There are earthly rights we have on this earth. Just as a U.S. citizen, you travel abroad. While you're home, you have rights. But if I go over to France or Spain or Africa today, and I go over there and I say, I demand due process, they're going to look at you and laugh. You go over there and you steal something, you might just get your hand chopped off somewhere, right? Because when I'm in a foreign territory, which some young millennials don't understand, I don't have the rights that I do in this country, which are great and awesome. Amen? So we're privileged. I'm privileged here, but when I go overseas, I don't. Jesus even told us that, hey, guys, I know you got your passport to heaven, but guess what? You're out of country right now. You're living in a world that's not your home. And while you're here, guess what? You're going to have trials and tribulations and there's going to be bad times coming for you. And all the things you you know that you have earned in heaven, you have rights and access into God, that while you're in this world, you're going to have trouble and persecution and severe hardship. I tell you, when I went overseas, uh, I've been to a lot of uh, several third world countries. And I remember just one one time I went to Mexico just across the border. And uh, if you've been overseas in a third world country, you know this that it's like when you enter into that place, especially when you get off the plane and get into their airport, it's completely different. It's like they don't have a tarmac. They don't have things. There's normally guys with like M16s or something right there at the gate. And it's kind of a creepy place because as soon as you, uh, even though you love the beach and and all that kind of stuff, you get there and you're like, I am not in Kansas anymore, (laughs) right? And you worry like, don't, nobody, Beth, don't let anybody take your luggage. Just hold on to your luggage, get to the taxi. Don't go to that taxi because that's not a real taxi. He might take you somewhere you don't want to go, you know, and, and that's what you do. You're, you're just on guard. You're like, uh, oh, Lord. And, if, and you feel like if I get lost or arrested, where's the embassy? I want to know because they tell you, make a copy of your passport, put it in one in the bag, one bag in one bag, and you keep some uh, money. We have like these money pouches, uh, Beth and I do, that are like inside your pants that if your wallet got stolen, you still have cash to get home. And all these things you begin to prepare because you're not home. And Jesus said, that's the way you're going to live on this earth. It's a dangerous place. It's not going to feel like home. And it shouldn't. If you feel like this world is home, you may not be a citizen of heaven. This world is a dangerous, severe, troubling place. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you some peace while you're here. In the world, John 16, in the world you're going to have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. What is it that when I live in this world today, I understand, man, I can go through economic loss. I can lose people in my family to death. I still live in a, in a place, in a country, in a, in a world where sin still rules. The devil still is here. Demons are still here. Death is still here. Evil is still in the world. And I'm living here in the midst of this. But I know my citizenship is somewhere else. So how, do, how in the world, Jesus, am I supposed to take courage, have peace when I'm not home? Like you said, yeah, this is this great stuff. Think about it this way. While I still live in the presence of Satan and sin and death, how do I have this peace he talks about? You know, see, there's earthly rights that I don't have here. There are heavenly rights, though, that I can look forward to. I love what Charles Spurgeon said, and he wrote in his writing. I'm just going to paraphrase. He says, I want you to think about this. 
Think of it, you're a citizen in the new Jerusalem. You already, even though you're here, you already share in heaven's honors. You have access to heaven's honors. He says, the glory of the saints in this future belongs to you. Right now, you're already sons of God. You are imperial princes and princesses. You already have angels that serve us. Christ is your brother. God is your father. You have a crown of immortality as your reward. You share the honors of citizenship. Your name is written in heaven and you have access and all rights to the property of heaven. You have the gates of pearls. You have the walls of jewels. You have the river of the water of life. It all belongs to you. So How does that inspire me that when I'm going through this world, I can close my eyes and think it's like if you were in a in a bad place. Maybe you had a vacation that you didn't like so much and you just close your eyes and think, oh, if I could just be home right now, my lazy boy. You know, like you're with the kids. It's crazy. We close our eyes and we think, God, there's coming a day where I'm going to walk the streets of gold. There's coming a day I'm going to see Jesus face to face. There's coming a day all the loved ones who have been lost before and gone on before me, I want to see them and walk with them and talk with them for eternity. There's going to be no more weeping there, no more pain there, no more sorrow there. And so when I'm going through this world, he says, in the world you have tribulation, but I've already purchased your peace. You've already got a ticket home. And so how does that inspire you? I look at the apostles and I think, they're on these, in these moments, if you look through the 12 apostles, we're going to talk about some of their lives and deaths on Sunday nights. I can see them being bound to a stake or, or being ready to be um, executed. And they're thinking, just send me home, I dare you. I mean, that's, that's the attitude they had. They said, this world is temporary, but I've already got my passport into heaven. And so what in the world can you do to me? If you kill me, you're just going to be sending me home. So... I win either way, whatever. And that's where Paul writes in Rome. He says, I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. It's not I don't fear death, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, nor anything that can separate. Nothing can separate me from God. So whom shall I fear? God's for me. Who can be against me? And that's the good news, church, that even though we have no earthly rights as a citizen, you have heavenly rights in heaven forever. Get this. These are the P's you can take home today. In heaven, you're going to have God's presence forever. In heaven, you're going to have God's protection forever. In heaven, you're going to have God's provision and His power forever. God's presence, His protection, His provision, His power forever. There's a catch. There's even better news. Here's the good news. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is here. He's here. It's here. You know what that means? The good news is Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is here. What does that mean? That means right now you have the rights and rewards of God's presence. Right now you have his protection. Right now you have his provision. And right now you have his power. Because heaven came down to earth. Jesus came down to earth. And so it, w- it was awesome before. It's like, God, okay, yeah, I'm struggling on this earth and I, th- there's a day coming and heaven's going to be awesome. But he says, but right now, unlike, just like Roman citizens, 
Even though you're going to be persecuted in the local municipality, even though you may be persecuted in the state level, in the town level, in the citizen level, guess what? Rome, the kingdom of God, is bigger than all of them, and you've got better rights than anybody else on this earth. You've got access into the power of God at any moment. You've got access to the presence of God at any moment. And when he says, hey, this is who you are. You are a citizen of heaven. Just look at this. We miss this so much because heaven is available to you today by faith and through the presence of the Holy Spirit in his in uh, being activated into your life. It gets follow me. Matthew chapter 17. You don't have to turn there, but listen to this. Matthew 17, 20. If you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there. It'll be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Those mountain things in your life, the problems, the mountain things you can't move that seem impossible by the power of the Holy Spirit by faith. God says you've got some rights on this earth even now. He goes on, Luke chapter 12, 31, Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. The Gentiles worry about all this stuff of this world, but God knows the sparrow, He knows the flower, He clothes them, He knows what you need before you even ask. So even though the world's worrying, you've got some more citizens. You've got rights. That not, you're not just waiting for heaven. You've got rights right now that the Father says, even on this earth, I'm going to begin to take care of you. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power now when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Luke 10.19, I give you authority even now to tread on serpents and scorpions over the, all the powers of the enemy. Nothing will you. You think you're just going to gain victory over hell when you get to heaven. But right now, he says, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against my church. The devil comes against you in your life. You can silence him in Jesus' name. Say, no more, devil. I'm done with that. You've fallen. You're you're the accuser. You're the slanderer. But Jesus Christ is my defense. No condemnation in my life. There's things in, I can say, depression, you know what? I'm a child of the king. I'm a son or daughter of the Most High God. I'm royalty. My name is written in the land books of life. What do you got on me? I mean, we could just get to that place and say, God, I've got rights. Heaven's dominion has come down to earth through Jesus Christ. Are you here today and maybe you feel like you're lacking some heaven on earth? Maybe you feel powerless to overcome some issues in your life, some sin issues, maybe some hurts in your life. Maybe you're lacking joy in that peace he's talking about. You know, yes, on this earth you're going to have some tribulation. It's going to be not good. There's going to be some not good things happen, especially if you're a Christian, you can be sure to be persecuted. But blessed are you because you are a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. And God's presence, His protection, His provision, and His power is for you in the eternity to come and in the now right right here. Amen. I don't care who you are. That's good stuff. Religion will say to you, though, just enjoy our church service. Come listen to some good words. Go home and have a good little idea. But you're going to stay in your depression You can stay in your sin issues. You can stay powerless. You can stay joyless, but come and enjoy our service. That's religion. But when the kingdom of God is activated in your life, heaven comes here. And whatever rights and privileges you have in heaven, you also have right here, right now. In me, I still have the presence of God. I don't have to be succumbing to depression. I don't have to be succumbing to the sin issues that are controlling me any longer. I don't have to have all this stuff. Even though I may go through trials in this world today, I've got God's presence, His protection, His provision, and His power right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, right now. Right now. 
That's your rights. You have your, your identity as a citizen. That's your rights. And then you have some responsibilities, though. And everybody's like, uh-oh. Now we're talking about the church stuff now. That's just the good news. But here there's some awesome responsibilities. A citizen has rights and a citizen has responsibilities. In America, we're coming up on April 15th. Your great responsibility as an American is to pay your taxes. Hey, guess what? No taxes in heaven. Amen. That's a, that's a shouting one right there, right? No taxes in heaven. But there are some responsibilities you have. Philippians, turn with me to Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. The Apostle Paul says this, I'm just briefly, he says, Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's your responsibility. As a citizen, you are to conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. What was happening is, in Philippi, Philippi was a, a local place, and in this church, it's a Roman, sorry, it's a Roman town, a Roman province, okay? So in this church, Paul was talking to a lot of Roman citizens. And he says, I know you're Roman citizens, but you're also citizens of heaven. And, and I want you to think about walking in a manner worthy, not as Roman citizens, but as heavenly citizens, okay? This is what he means, work in a, walk in a manner worthy of the calling. He says this calling, you've got a calling a right into heaven. You have rights and responsibilities in heaven. And he says, now, now don't just think of yourselves as Roman citizens. Think of yourself as heavenly citizens on this earth right now. Because many so-called believers in Paul's church were uh, following these sinful desires. They were setting their mind on earthly things. And so Paul challenges them in Philippians 3, verse 20, a couple chapters over, he says, your true citizenship is in heaven. My allegiance to the kingdom of heaven is greater than my allegiance to the United States of America. It is. My allegiance to the kingdom of heaven is greater than my allegiance to sports, to fishing, to hunting, even to my family, is my allegiance to God. It overshadows and overrules all of the agreements and, and, and responsibilities I have on this earth. Now, but if I put my agreement in check with God and I do what he told me to do, all those things will fall into line. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom. Everything else falls into line. But my true citizenship is in heaven. So what does it mean to walk as a citizen, to talk as a citizen, to walk in a manner worthy of this passport I have, of this citizenship I have? I'll give you three things to take home with you today, uh, to take home as your responsibility. Number one, real quick, be under authority. To be a citizen is to live under heaven's government. It means that your daily prayer is the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So thy kingdom come. A true citizen's desire is that I love my country. I am a patriot of heaven. I love the rules God has in heaven. I love the, the presence God has in heaven. I love that there is joy unspeakable and full of glory in heaven. I love that there's no condemnation. I love that there's perfect unity. There's no gossip, no slander, no backbiting, no sin, no death. And so while I'm on this earth, I'm still going to represent my homeland. While I'm on this earth, I'm going to live under the authority of the President God Almighty. Okay? I'm going to live under the rules of regulations of heaven. I'm going to live under authority of my king because I, as a heavenly citizen, want more of heaven on this earth. 
as a heavenly citizen. Uh, I don't want to imitate the wrong kind of citizens. Like the Philippians were imitating other Roman citizens, and they weren't imitating Paul and Jesus. I want to look at what a real citizen of heaven looks like, and I want to live just like them. I want to look at Christ. I'm going to look at Paul. Because the under-authority part really is not about my paper access into heaven, my membership in a church, or my attendance to a church, or my Christian dress or talk. It's my heart. Because the passport of heaven is your heart. And today we have some American citizens that like to burn the American flag. It's a popular thing to do, apparently, in this day and age of rebellion and lawlessness. And while they may retain their citizenship according to the Supreme Court on paper, everyone knows they are not a true citizen in their heart. And today, there may be those that retain their citizenship to heaven on paper. But because the rebellion in their heart, they've lost their citizenship into heaven. Just because you got your name on a church roster, just because you look the part and you get the rights to go to church and to be a Sunday school teacher and a deacon and an elder, and you get the rights to post on Facebook your Christian status and wear the T-shirt and bumper stickers, doesn't mean you really are a citizen of heaven. And an American citizen today, too, likewise, is a person who respects and follows the rules and governments of this country, who loves this country, no matter what the paper says. Same is true for heaven. Same is true for heaven. It's a person who's under authority, a person who loves their country. And there may be those who profess that citizenship, but like the Pharisees, they can be outwardly holy, but inwardly full of sin. But unless God rules their heart, they can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless we leave the religious works and leave all the signs and the outward things, and the, even the, it's not about the speaking in tongues or the casting out of demons or, and devils or doing great and mighty works. It's unless we have the indwelling and influencing authoritative presence of God in my life. That's what makes me a citizen of heaven. That's the first thing. Be under authority to be a citizen. Number two is be consistent. Be consistent. And secondly is is your testimony. That's your consistent life. My testimony tells the world if I'm a citizen of heaven. It's the best demonstration of who I am in God's kingdom. Do I walk like a citizen? Talk like a citizen? Do I talk like a person who, who has experienced heaven on earth? Do I talk like a person who's full of the joy of the Holy Ghost? Do I talk like a person who's been forgiven of horrible sin? Do I talk like a person who loves unity, who loves God, who loves people, who loves Jesus Christ more than anything in this world? Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. You know what? Those who often set their minds on earthly things talk about earthly things. That's a good check for us. If my mind is on earthly things, I often fill my talk with earthly things. And what comes out of my mouth really reveals, Jesus says, what's in my heart. Let me say it this way. If I go to Africa today, I will have a foreign accent. And while I'm on this earth as a citizen of heaven, I am a foreigner. And I must have a foreign accent. My accent must be the accent of heaven on earth. I must be saying and talking like I'm not of this world. When I come down to Louisiana, I say I and not ah. Okay? 
or, you know, y'all, now I'm getting, saying y'all and I, your res rubbing off on me. But if I go to Missouri, they're going to notice my change. When I live on this earth and I gain my passport in heaven, I must have a consistent witness that I am a foreigner living in a foreign land. This world is not my home. That I am a lot like, more like heaven than I am like this earth. That I talk like heaven. That I walk like heaven. That the Bible says a citizen of heaven doesn't think about the immoral, the impure, the evil, or the greedy thoughts. It's because by the Spirit, their minds no longer cling to lust or anger or rage or hatred or slander or foul and abusive speech. Those are the things we don't do because we're not from this country. So be different. Be different. Be like heaven. And lastly, be a worshiper. If you want to inhabit heaven, I want you to take this quote home. It's an original Heath Harris. If you want to inhabit heaven... Let heaven inhabit you. If you want to get access into heaven, let the kingdom of heaven come into your life. Let the presence of God come into your life. If you want to inhabit heaven, let heaven inhabit you. And what's heaven doing now? They're rejoicing over sinners that repent. They're singing and shouting as they experience and see, receive the revelation of the wonder of God. They're casting their crowns, all their prizes, their power, their pursuit at Jesus' feet. And they're looking forward to Christ's second coming. That's what heaven's doing. And if you want to inhabit heaven, let that. Let heaven inhabit you. Be one who rejoices over sinners, who's activated in the process of, of seeing sinners come to repentance, who's shouting in joy for the revelation of God, who's casting out all of our things, all of the ownership that we could have in this world at Jesus' feet, and who are continuously looking for Christ's second coming. Be under authority, be consistent, be a worshiper. And don't lose your passport. You do not want to get stuck at the customs gate of heaven. And just like those who pretend to have their citizenship but not in their heart, there will come a day, the Bible says it, they'll be cast out into outer darkness outside the presence of God with weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because while they were on this earth, their heart's passport was lost to the things of this world. And to get back in this country, you need a valid passport. And to get into heaven, you need your heart to have the passport and the seal of the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us, and I'll close with this, Paul tells us that it's the seal of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, that a believer's heart is sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And just like there's a seal on your passport, the living and dwelling authoritative presence of God in your life will be the proof you have access in the presence of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Miss T, would you just come back?